The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Everybody, happy January and welcome to the weekly dish on my talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are so glad to be back with you guys after a couple weeks off, you know, doing the holiday thing. Well, you or know, COVID in my case. Well, yes. Everyone knows you got COVID, Hansen. Everyone knows that Hansen got COVID because everyone asked me if I'd gotten COVID, which oh, I have I'm not sorry. yet. So that's fine. But yes, you did succumb to the illness during the holidays. And Go ahead and tell us about it. True, well, and just in true <laughs> weekly dish fashion, I infected my entire family at the Christmas meal. Yes. We had all taken tests. We were all double vaxxed, boosted, and uh, everyone gathered, including my 88-year-old mother-in-law, Dolores, who I talk about on this show quite a yep. bit. Yep. And um, yeah, all of a sudden, on that was, I guess, Friday and I had a cold and my husband had a cold, but my husband has sinus problems all the time. Right. So it's not necessarily alarming when, you know, he can't, he hasn't tasted or smelled since like 1912. Right. So it was just like, okay. And then we were getting ready to go on a Sunday event to my sister's house with my person in my life who is unvaccinated. And so we all agreed to test, including that person. He sent his results. We went to do our tests. And we were all of a sudden positive. And then Kurt opened up his email because he'd taken a PCR earlier in the week. And they had sent him an email overnight with his results saying positive. So we went to the cabin and we just hunkered down for 10 days. Yeah. Quarantined. It snowed like two feet. We didn't even shovel. We just stared at it out the window every day. One day, three deer came by. I mean, that was about after 10 That's days of watching. But you, t- you watch TV, you read books, you, you had a I break. I didn't read. I, oh, I, oh, that's not true. I read cookbooks. Yeah. Because I had all my cookbooks from the cookbook swap with me. Sure. So the Donna Hay, like, tome. Yeah. Oh, that is such a beautiful book. Like, yeah. probably one of the most beautiful cookbooks ever. Yeah, it is. She's really talented. It was, it was really fun to dive into those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the COVID what, passed and yeah, that's what, and I mean, that's what it sounds like for most people who have gone through all this kind of stuff is that there's, you know, a level of, of, it's just that it's kind of, it's been easier than for most people than it has than the other infections. So it's weird. It's <clears> weird <throat> to kind of think about because then I got a text last night from a friend who I had breakfast with on Wednesday with a couple of ladies and she's positive. So she's telling all my friends I have COVID. And the first thing I thought about was the waiter. At yeah. the restaurant, like, and my sister's a server, as you know, and I just feel for the hospitality industry because most of these people can't afford to just stay home for two weeks. I know they have to, but it's hard. 
it's just, it's a challenge. Like yeah. my masseuse, if she gets COVID, that's a half a month of work that she can't work. Well, and then you have to consider too that they don't, they're not going to get notified by your friend. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like exactly. that, that waiter who had like six other tables or 10 tables isn't necessarily going to be getting a text from anybody saying, by the way, I have it. So they're just going to keep COVID. going. Exactly. It's tough. And restaurants are feeling it. There's, you know, it costs them like, $40,000 a day to shut down, maybe. Is that the number? No, it's not the number because don't, I mean, like, that's a sort of a generalization because, I mean, obviously, like, free house is going to be different than, like, travail. Sure. You know what I mean? So, and versus, you know, like a small takeout. I spot. wondered about that, though. But like, it's thousands of dollars. Let's leave it at that. And then people that close <clears throat> for New Year's Eve. Like that's a normally was a restaurant's like eh, number one. Piece I mean, in the yes whole and no. Solid. Not really. Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, there's, there's, but it is the holiday season. That's more the problem is that during a time when it's supposed to be, you know, people are going out and they're using their gift cards and everything else and people have to shut down. And that's the hard part. So it has been rough. And I'm not kidding you that there's a potential that we're going to see some more closures because there's people who are like, looking at January, if they're saying it's going to peak, you know, the governor believes it's going to peak in the third week. And that's like, I mean, they literally are, people are going to run out of money for that. Yeah. So, and January is not a great restaurant month anyway. No, but that's, and that's like, I think there's this weird feeling like we're all like, well, it's kind of your slow time anyway, but it's like, they've, they've been pushed so very far that it's like sort of on the edge. I know I've heard a couple, I thought that too. I was like, well, at least it'll be the worst time. And it's like, but it's, they never, it ha- started happen, happening during the holiday season. Everything started clamping down. So it was tough. So I'm worried about that. But I am hopeful that this may be a last hurrah for the virus. And, so you know, too. there's many articles out there in the Atlantic and experts are kind of saying. That Atlantic article was good. <clears throat> yeah, should. that potentially this could be, you know, the last moment and then it burns out. So And that by June and July, it'll kind of be in the rear view with the exception of, you know, every seasonal seasonally we'll have a increase again and yeah wouldn't that be great it would be great you found your cute sweater by the way nope just that's old... not okay nope just a sweatshirt <laughs> stephanie and i have the same sweater and uh, no it's... this is an old baby okay. sweatshirt <clears throat> but you know what we do have herd immunity to by the way i think is the cold i feel like we have like i woke up this morning and it was 19 and i was like it is summer outside like coming from the the icy things yesterday and the two days before it felt great. And today's going to be a really good day, I think. There like is 30-ish. a luminary skate tonight in Bryant Park that is from 5 to 11 with hot chocolate. And they've got the lake lit up. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants to go skating, I just thought that sounded like a beautiful thing to do on a 30 degree Saturday. Tonight is the night. And like today is the day that you should be going out and doing stuff because it is literally. And then, of course, we drop back into this, you know, icy business. The next day. So I that's like to call it the icy business. It icy makes business. it sound a little sexier. It is. It is sexy when you're just totally bundled up and sitting on your couch under six layers of blankets. It's great. It's great. It's awesome. The icy business. I know. So you and I, we have a quick moment to talk about the fact that you and I went to uh, the new Nouvelle Brewing last night. Yeah, we can talk about it too in the next break. I've, I just, I've had a couple of new places that I've eaten at that I think you've been to both of them. Oh, the Creekside too? Yep. Okay. Um, Really had thoughts about that. And yeah. So we went to Nouvelle Brewing last night. Yeah. 
And it was so it's the pig and the it's pig ate my pizzas. Uh, you know, basically they're redoing themselves and they sort of shut down, reconcepted, and this is the beginning of maybe the next phase. And I have some friends that pig ate my pizza was like their place, so they are suffering from complete devastation. Yeah. So I texted them and I was like, look, your devastation, well, I'm not going to try to take away your loss of your pig ate my pizza. I'm going to encourage you to try the new brewing company because it was great. Yeah. I, I really, you know, for me, I love pizza. Yeah. But my husband makes great pizza, so I don't like have this need to go out and order pizza at places really because I eat so much of it in the summer. Yeah. So for me, like a brewery pub or like a gastro pub feels just excellent. Mm-hmm. I really thought. I think the takeaway for me was how good the beer was. Yeah. I was surprised. Oh, I don't you? know why I thought that the beer would be like wah wah, but it was great. There was fruit beer, there was IPAs, they had some dark beers that were good. I had a flight of sort of a lighter lagery pilsnery side of things. Yeah. Really loved. I had four separate beers and Kurt had a different one. All the five of the beers I tried, I really enjoyed. Oh good. Um so that was a kind of pleasant surprise and then I knew the food would be good, but it was like it hit on all my gastro pub highlights. I loved yeah, the you know, and the, that's actually why they became a beer uh, brewery. They wanted to focus. I mean, they they've been a brewery the whole time. That's, that's the thing. What Mike Brown was like, yeah, yeah. Um, we've been brewing yeah. here a long time. And I used to pick up actually at the twenty twenty right at the day of uh, the infamous radio call with him, uh, March fifteenth or thirteenth, whatever it was. Um, I went up there and I got a pizza and I got a crawler and I was like, I'm going to probably get like four more crawlers because I want to bring them home and make sure I have them. And <clears throat> so they've always been doing this good beer. It's just Nobody, we haven't talked about it and they don't promote it. They haven't really put it for to the forefront. And it's like, it's kind of time to do that. So, yeah. And well received by me as a somewhat of a beer drinker, I really enjoyed it. I loved the, it feels sort of fast casually. Yeah. And that feels good in this time. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm still feeling that out. Honestly, it's like going up to a counter to ask to order and then having it be brought to your table is great. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm not, I guess I would rather that than like almost than the QR code because I hate sometimes the QR code oh, thing so doesn't work as well. And then I'm like, am I doing the right things? And it's more confusing. And you end up sitting there like t- not talking to your friend because you're on your phone. Yeah. And I would wa- rather walk up to a counter, you know, put my order in and then have them bring it. So, and that's what they're doing. So I hope that that works. It's kind of a, I'm worried about how it's going to get crowded in there. It's going to get kind of crowded. Yeah, I but, can see that. But also we sat at the bar and then that was like, we had a server. So then if you're absolutely wanting a server, you could, if you can wait for seats at the bar or whatever, then that works out too. I wasn't sure if that was just like, cause it was a special opening night or if there will have service at the bar. They will have service at the bar. Oh, cause I, the Zach, the kid I talked to was an amazing human. Yeah. Like, I just would like to go back and hear more of his story. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He was, well, he knew everything about skiing and the ski resorts and he was just, he wants he to was run a tailored for hotel you. in Colorado. <laughs> I was awesome. like, you're my guy. You got your personal server. That's yeah, good. I mean, beyond. That's good. The cheeseburger was amazing. Yeah. They had this ricotta dip that came in a little cast iron skillet that was so cute. And then these like fried crackers. Yeah, the fried crackers were outstanding. It was great. And they're going to have more family. And the bigger thing is that they have family style serving so that like you can order vegan chili and then the two of you can kind of have it. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like it's meant for table service, which is kind of fun, which is like, hey, we're having beers, we're drinking, we're having everyone's eating some of this stuff. That's kind of where they've moved to. So it should be interesting.
Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue chatting new things. Trends. We got a lot of trends today. We do. We're pretty much focused on a lot of like food trends and healthy eating. And we've got Paul Backer from Toma Grill calling in later. And we're going to talk about, you know, fast food, healthy eating too, maybe. We'll see. We'll we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Maker's Mark. Thank you, T-Swift, for your message in a bottle. Okay, Stephanie, I really wanted to talk about this and I knew I couldn't talk about it with Lori Bargini, okay. who I filled in with. She was like, do you have any food stuff to talk about? I'm like, well, I want to talk about chicken thighs, but you're not the person to talk about no, it No, probably not. Probably okay. not. She would still be bored by that topic. Well, and she she was so funny. She goes, um, if it's like recipes, I'm not interested. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm God like, no, I'm not going to talk with you about recipes. Though she did say, Stephanie, that she listens to the show. Okay. Which I thought was, she goes, sometimes I have to turn it off when you talk about too much of the same thing. But otherwise, I like it. Okay, good. Like, okay. Thanks. We'll take it. We'll take it. Go there. Okay. You know how this is the time of year. When is the Super Bowl? February? I think end of January, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll have a chicken wing shortage in February for uh, well, sure. I mean, there's chick, but there's been chicken shortages for a long time. But is it real chicken shortages? This now? one is okay. This one is because we're so burned out from the fake chicken shortages. It is. I think it's all chicken little, if you will, because like seriously, this is seriously because of the processing plants. Chicken wings are expensive. Have you not noticed? Like a basket is like twenty bucks. Thus. My subject today is, which is that people are being forced because of the economy and because of creativity to use other parts of the chicken in a more strategic way. We have seen this with uh, like all of a sudden flank steak. Remember flank steak was like the horrible cut that your mom would make when you didn't have a lot of money and you had 12 kids. Now, like people are like fajitas and you're paying, you know, whatever for a flank steak. Now people are resorting to having to use chicken thighs. Now, for the foodie people... I was going to say, chicken thighs have been a thing, though, for a while. Yeah, and for the foodie people, thighs, they're like, oh, they generally kind of taste better because they have taste. Yeah. I like... uh, I cook with them a lot in the Instant Pot because they hold up to a good braise. I like a very solid, crispy skin on top. But they're now... In the restaurant side of things, you're going to see people using thighs more at the restaurants. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like Brunson's Pub, has their chicken wings, have never been wings. They've always used a bone-in thigh, which has been like this very delicious, meaty wing when you get it. It's kind of fun to Mm -hmm. get like a super big wing. So the industry, long uh, overwhelmed by breasts and tenders, is going to be bringing thighs. There has been a 15% increase in boneless thigh sales which I was surprised about. And they're also saying we're going to see a lot more ground chicken. Yeah. I use yeah bits and parts. I use ground chicken. And by the way, if you use ground chicken with ground pork, which is also super uh, much more available, it's, I mean, that's what I put in bolo. I don't use beef in my bolo recipe. And so using those two together kind of uh-huh. gives you like a, enough fattiness. And it, and if you saw, cook it down, it gets that, the, you know, like the PC bits of it. Because sometimes ground chicken can be kind of like pasty when you try to yeah, cook it. Uh-huh. And so mixing it with a pound of ground pork sort of evens it out a little bit. Gives it a little bit more fat. Okay, I like this idea. Yeah. I think you're going to see there's wing chains now, too, that are going to be doing... Yeah, thigh stop. Wing stop became thigh stop. Or they have a thigh stop, right? Wing it on, I guess, is... Yeah, they're dealing more in the thigh category. Yeah. And positioning it as all about flavor. Well... 
I mean, hello. <laughs> like you wanted your chicken wings to not be flavorful. Right. I just love how marketing trends go. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to see a lot more chicken thighs. Well, and then, but I mean, it's the same thing of where it's kind of the story of pork shoulder, where pork shoulder used to be sort of a, a you know, an economical cheap cut. Yes. And then all of a sudden everybody was doing pork shoulder. And then now it's same thing with... Weirdly enough, there was that phase where everyone had beef tongue, like tongue tacos and stuff, like the restaurants did. Yep. And they drove up the price of this really cheap cut. And then it was like, all of a sudden, it was priced out of many of the chef's categories. And so it's interesting. It's demand. It's obviously supply and demand. But And then especially when um, we switch our fascinations towards something. But I mean, again, chicken thighs have been a popular thing for most people. It's It's always been a cheaper cut, you know, but now... It's probably going to be as expensive. Here's what I'm hoping happens. Because I like a chicken thigh. I like it with the skin because I like the crispy skin part. But I don't always love eating around the bone. It's kind of, and cutting around a chicken thigh bone is but you of, can But you can buy them boneless. They're, yes, but they don't have the skin usually. Oh, really? So I'm hoping that this advent gives us more. The, you, they have them, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. hard to find. They're hard to find, okay. So I'm hoping I get more skin on boneless thighs. Okay, if you're gotcha. a meat manager and you're listening, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> and someone had this revelatory moment for me this week, and I think it was Amelia Reno, actually. I didn't think about that you could use the chicken skin as a crouton. So, like, she fries up skin and well, uses it as skin. crouton in a salad. Yeah, all skin is good for that, right? Ah, I mean, that was like, wow, why haven't I ever done that? That sounds amazing. Because you're, you're just not eating, eating the bread, skin. Yeah, just, I just eat the skin. Yeah, I was going to say, it's because you don't need to even take that extra step. <laughs> but I would just, like, buy skin to do that. There no was a big movement. Skin. No, I know. There was a huge movement for a while to do it. And there's like chicken skin crisps, you know, yes. like those like, yeah. And that's like, like because Fricos. that's very paleo. And that's a lot of people put Yum. do that for paleo. Okay. Yeah. So that's my Good. whole I like it. conversation about what we're going to see with the thighs. And I want to quickly chat with you about Creekside Supper Club. Oh, okay. It is the old uh, Pepito's and then it was El Burrito in Minneapolis. And now it's Creekside Supper Club. It is... A new place designed to look like an old place yeah. with great fanfare. I mean, yeah. I thought they did a great job. It has actually a fountain in the lobby. Where yeah, you it can, has a, it's a water feature. It's amazing. Because it's, it's not like even a right fountain. It's like cascading over like rocks, like it's fake like, rocks and fake ferns. That's there, a water feature. There is one of those in Taylor's Falls in some supper club. Oh, there's plenty of yeah. them. Supper clubs across the country or actually just the Midwest. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Have, did you actually eat? Yeah. Or did you just, okay, because well, I we saw had, you do a preview, but I wasn't sure if you actually ate. We we did drinks, yeah. If you looked through the preview, I had onion rings, or I had onion rings, French onion soup. I, I saw the onion rings. Yeah, okay. so we did, we snacked. We had, because we, we, I literally popped by not having a reservation, and they were like, we don't have any tables because we're so slammed. Because we're, we don't have enough servers. Like, the seats weren't all taken, but, and so we ended up just saying, we'll sit here, and like, when your six o'clock comes, just give us a boot. And they're like, all right. So... And it was good. And it was so, so we snacked. We didn't get to eat like full dinner. The prime rib was wonderful. Did you have good prime rib? Very. I, that's what I think the boys were kind of sad that we were not having that. Yeah, but. it was really, really good. And the I had a shrimp scampi, which was wonderful. The fish fry looked amazing. I just liked the menu. It felt super accessible. I thought the prices were reasonable. Um, sirloin for like, I don't know, 26, 28 bucks. But 
Check it out. It was great. Creekside Supper Club, and they have all the ice cream drinks. Okay. We'll be right back, you guys. Welcome back, everybody, to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on our first show of 2022. So exciting. Now, of course, everybody's talking about healthy eating, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about healthy eating, too, but we also want to talk about convenience because it's not always easy to healthy eat and i wanted to bring on our next guest which is paul backer are you there paul yep i'm here okay welcome to the show we are so excited to have you on because you have uh you're the chef of a new venture a newish venture and you are i mean what i love about this is toma moho grill is your space out in ridgedale area but you are a former tilia chef so you have some serious chops of cooking so tell us a little bit about why you wanted to start cooking, thinking about going into like sort of fast food cooking. Yeah, so uh, Tomomoho Grill kind of well, kind of started because uh, uh, there was countless conversations I had with my wife where one of us would be on our way home from work or wherever, and we'd be like, oh, I'm driving past these places to get dinner. And uh, it always felt like our options were essentially, uh, you know, burgers or salad bowls and almost nothing in between (laughs) and that is a far stretch right yeah yeah and uh there'd always be one of us that'd be like oh my god i can't eat crap right now i don't want a burger and fries and the other one would be like well but i'm really not in the mood for a cold salad when it's you know negative 30 right seriously (laughs) so uh yeah so we just had that conversation countless times and finally one of those times i was like you know there should there should be something in that middle range and uh there wasn't a lot of options in that middle range your menu Um, looks incredible so you kind of went you decided this now as like this is i think what's kind of interesting is that coming from a a finer dining we wouldn't call tilia necessarily fine dining but finer dining better ingredients better techniques you know but a more casual atmosphere i feel like you're kind of an evolution of that to bring that a little bit more into the mainstream um, area with Toma because it's it's really good ingredients, but it's not you know, but it's fast. Is that kind of where you're going for? Yeah. So uh, you know, kind of our our mantra, I guess, is we want to be able to pronounce all the ingredients we're cooking with. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I can't tell you how many times I've read packaging on something and I'm like, I don't think that's food. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be food on there, right? Yeah. So uh, we were. Our goal was to kind of make something that was like I can all the all the ingredients are something we can pronounce, um, and it's something that's you know satisfying and comfort foody, but not uh, too unhealthy, and uh, provided in a very extremely convenient atmosphere. Um, so we're you know the order online, order ahead, come through and kind of pick up and go. Yeah. Um, we're trying really hard to be extremely convenient for people. So I like the idea of your daily happy hour from three to six, where I can come have a half off beer, wine, or house made sangria while I'm waiting to pick up my order. Oh yeah, I mean errand beers. Yeah, errand yeah. beers. Like um, I'm just gonna go get dinner, but while I'm getting dinner, I've never even heard that. Term. Oh, the errand beer. Hysterical. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, we uh, we actually put a small little bar-like uh, thing in the restaurant, in our fast, casual restaurant, um, because, I don't know, I, I feel like I knew a lot of people that would order food in advance and then tell their significant other, oh, I'm still waiting for it. Have a <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
So tell us a little bit about why you decided to go the flavor route you did. You decided to go with, you're inspired by the Mediterranean flavors of Spain and Portugal. Tell us a little bit about like what that means to you. Yeah, so, oh, I mean, anyone that, I guess, worked with me at, uh, I guess, any of the restaurants I've worked at, none of them would be surprised by me making, uh, you know, Spanish or Portuguese chicken. Right. Um, because that was kind of what I made for family meal mildly regularly. Um, and uh, that, I feel like that cuisine is something that's mostly, the sauces are mostly vegetable-based. You know, the, you know, piri-piri is basically ground-up peppers with some vinegar and oil with garlic and other things. And, uh, you know, red mojo and green mojo are basically vegetable purees or herb purees. Um, so it was something where we get a lot of flavor in things without having to use, you know, a ton of sugar or, I don't know, other crap. Um, so that was kind of what started it was just we were like, all right, these are things that have a lot of flavor without being, you know, atrocious. Right. <laughs> They can bring it without, and you can probably make them, you know, if not fast in the way that it's, but it's like you can, it can be streamlined for volume is what I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So- it was, uh, it was definitely something where you, you buy, you know, 20 ingredients and you can make six sauces out of them pretty that's easily. That's pretty great. So yeah. you guys on your bowl, like you have snacks, you have these fried Brussels sprouts that we talked about and that I tried, which were everything looks so outstanding. good. Outstanding. And then Piri Piri chicken drummies. We were just talking about chickens. Um, you know what I noticed about the chicken drummies? And this is a weird thing, but I love to eat drummies, but I hate that little weird tab that you get <laughs> and you have to cut the tendon. And I noticed in your picture that you do that. Yep. Yeah. We, I mean, we do, we, we do some extra steps that I don't think people are expecting with a fast casual or fast food restaurant yeah um just tr- to still try to bring quality and you know a little extra i love it now what's your most what's your most popular thing that you guys serve is it the the chicken sandwich um well actually i would say our most popular thing we serve is fried brussels sprouts is it really yeah. that is great seriously yeah. um the the fried brussels sprouts we've we've converted a lot of people that told me they didn't like Brussels sprouts into Brussels sprout fans, um, just the way we do them. Yeah. And they have, they're just basically fried. They have a lemon herb dressing is what you have with them, right? Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, we, we toss them in a, basically a, uh, a vinaigrette with like rosemary sage and kind of a bunch of herbs and then Yum. a bunch of citrus in it. Yeah. Um, so we just, we fry them, we toss them in that. And, uh, we, there's a lot of people just, rave about the brussels sprouts i love that yeah but you guys have yeah. sandwiches you have these toasted hoagie sandwiches which are great you've got these spicy chicken um you know and cheese which i love that one you also do bowls and so you've got grain and rice bowls right and those are made to order and all sorts of great things and then you also have these sampler platters and you're telling me when you and i talked last time you're saying a lot of people come in and they they kind of like get the sampler platter for their families and stuff yeah the the uh, family size platters, the whole chicken in particular, we, we've we've gotten a pretty good following on the whole chicken platter. I mean, it's it's thirty six bucks, and it totally feeds a family of well, I mean, four if they're my size, or, or <laughs> six if they're not all my size. <laughs> I think that's an. I mean, like think about when you're trying to eat something that's a little bit more, you know, that's not like a whole bunch of fried food this and stuff. Be but my they- replacement for my famous Dave's family feast. Yeah. I mean, so what do you get on the family platter exactly? What comes with it? 
so it's a choice of protein, which is either pulled chicken, pulled pork, or the whole chicken. Um, and then you get two choices of sides and uh, two choices of sauces. Um, and I, I can tell you right now that I feel like we should just start calling combo number one, the whole chicken Oh yeah, with uh, <laughs> Brussels sprouts. And the grain salad, and then green mull and citrus piri piri. Yeah, okay, I, I feel like I make those all day, every day. Do you make those? All, that's kind of your. You should call that combo number one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of hits all the notes, right? You know, you're getting your vegetable. You know, you get a chicken. You know, you're getting like, but it's all big flavors, and it's like, gosh, you don't have to, you don't have to cook it, yo. Yeah. You get to just pick it up, and you get to have a glass of wine while you're waiting for it. <laughs> so I'm I'm intrigued by the braised kale and chickpeas, and the northern beans and rice too. Oh my goodness! Yum. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're we're uh, you know we're also uh, vegan and vegetarian friendly as much as possible, which is one of those things where it's like, all right, well, let's, let's put some things with kale on there with with kind of completed proteins if you get the right combination of items. So we definitely wanted to put some braised kale and chickpeas on there. It's also a pretty classic Spanish dish. Braised, well, it's braised spinach usually, but right. Yeah, braised greens and chickpeas, super classic. Nothing nothing kind of fancy there at all. Can you describe, so you have a green mojo, a red mojo, uh, a mango mojo, a habanero mojo. What technically is a mojo? Is that just sauce? Yeah, it's a, essentially a, a thicker kind of puree sauce. Um, they started in the, to my knowledge, they started in the Canary Islands. Okay. Um, and uh there's kind of three classic ones, and that's red, green, and uh, uh, picante. Um, and we kind of messed around with the picante one and made it extra spicy with some habaneros in there. Um, but they're all kind of uh, like basically raw vegetables, um, some oil, some vinegar, Yum. Uh, garlic, and just, just pureed yeah. smooth so that you have a, a kind of a luscious sauce without, uh, you know, without too much complicated ingredients in there. That sounds so fresh and delicious, which is exactly what I want right now. In I the know. Dead of winter. Literally, you guys just add this to your rotation. Like, and it's, and it's close to us. Steph. It is. It is Ridgedale Drive. You guys are over in the Ridge Haven area, if people know what that means. Where did you, what, what was the, was it a Noodles and Company that you took over? Yeah, it was a Noodles and Company. So the place was covered in mac and cheese yellow and like, <laughs> weird pea green everywhere oh uh, which God. we've had to we had to paint everything just because it, it took several coats to get rid of that yellow i to don't get, know what it's made of yeah but their yellow doesn't go away <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so and you guys are open either. lunch and dinner right or is it yep. just dinner no nope. lunch nope. And- seven days a week uh 11 a.m to 10 p.m okay great yep and uh happy hour three to six half off Aaron uh, beers. Snacks. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, Paul, for enlightening us on how we can eat healthier and still get good flavor going. And hopefully, I mean, you know, if everything goes well, you guys may, you know, grow and expand. That's probably part of the part of the recipe, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, actually after opening the first one, we definitely want to eventually grow and expand. And, you know, one thing we've learned is that uh, Minnesotans want a drive through. That's our, it's the biggest request we get from people is oh, hey, why don't you have a drive through. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Okay, they don't want to get out of their cars. Okay, good enough. Yeah, no one wants to get out. All right, well, good. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled, but we'll come visit soon. So thanks for being on the show, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. If you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071, or if you want to hit us up on... 
the socials and we can try to answer any questions that you got. But give us a call. It's a, it's a new year. It's a good time to call. We can answer all sorts of fun stuff. Maybe you're cooking for the cold this weekend, which I certainly am. Braising. I'm gonna like I'm gonna like braise like crazy. I think uh, we do have one question that came in um, saying, "Hi, ladies. Every year I'm going to make turkey stock and don't. This mm. is the year I do it. So how? I've looked up some recipes, but would love to hear again how you do it. Thank you. I don't. How do you not? I mean, turkey stock is like <laughs> carcass, water, and heat. That's it. Carrots. One carrot, one celery, half an onion. If you're feeling fancy, yeah, I don't but even. But it's all you don't even have to. No, and like turkey makes like the best stock because there's so much um, collagen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The gelatinous, yummy goo. Honestly, any carcass you have, just like put it in the pot, cover it with water. I throw salt in there, a little salt and pepper, and then usually whatever I've been cutting up. Before, like leek ends, if I've been making other kinds of soup or I have like a stock thyme, bag always. you know, I just kind of throw whatever is kind of and like garlic ends and that kind of stuff, and I just throw that in. And if you have an instant pot, you can just put it all in and yeah. do it on a 30 manual mm-hmm. and just let it go. High you pressure, you can do it in a slow cooker, you can do it on your stovetop. Yep, um, yeah, so that's our so that's it, that's our easy, quick uh thing. And then dry brine versus wet brine, do you? Is there a... I'm not wet brining ever again. Do you think you'll never do it again? No. Just, I like dry rub. I like dry. I like salt. Yeah. I The putting together the brine and the... Can, eh. So, you know, during Thanksgiving, I did the two. I know. And you convinced me to never do it again. Yeah. And I don't... Well, the thing is, is I did just the brass for the dry, for the wet brine, which I can do because it's a smaller bucket. It's a little thing. It, it like, was a saltier bird than the salt brine. And so it was like... I think I oversalted the brine, but I mean, the dry brine was perfect and the wet brine kind of was a wonky one. I still love the story of you trying to spatchcock your turkey and <laughs> Tina Rexing was going to spatchcock her turkey this year from you- T-Rex cookies. And I was yeah. like, oh, Tina, you're the same size as Stephanie. Yeah. And like, I have this Just visual make sure it's not of you a 20 carrying pound bird. this 20-pound bird and trying to spatchcock it. Yeah. I was holding on to this wet, of it. slippery. Yeah, that was horrible. Oh. Hey, okay, we do have a question. Okay, I got one too. So you give me yours. Okay, well, no, Liz is on the line. Oh, hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi. I found a Taiwanese shaved ice plate in St. Paul, and I'm in love with it, but I don't live near there. So I wonder if there's anywhere else that's doing Taiwanese shaved ice. What's the place called in St. Paul? Well, it's actually Haha Bowl is the food place, and then the ice cream place is called like Cha Cha or Cha Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't know anything. Oh, I remember Haha Bowl this now. Is right big in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't know you any have, others. Uh, teacup. You, have you had the Taiwanese shaved ice? No. Is oh. it? Do you still love it? I t- I brought my family. I've gone twice. I brought my family after we went to the science museum, and the Haha Bowl is perfect for kids because they serve like chicken nuggets, you know, but in a waffle cone. Yeah, so it this makes is... the kids so happy. My husband liked his sandwich, but really, it was the it's the it's the other company in the same building. They're on Guano, I believe, is what it's called, and University, and it's delicious. But I want to find it somewhere else. It's so in I don't have to drive all the way to St. Paul every time from Hopkins. Okay, it's in the same building as IFA Saigon. Oh, okay. Um, is it the same building as what? IFA Saigon. It's like a strip mall. Yeah, it's not actually not technically the same building because I absolutely love that place for their Vietnamese noodle salad. Yep. Or vermicelli noodle salad. It, it's not the same building, but it's the same block. Okay. It's a standalone building. Okay. 
I don't There's know a place anything. in Brooklyn Park for you, friend. Oh, that, Brooklyn Park? Yeah. yeah. That's actually closer. It's in North Wind Plaza. It's called Tea Cup. T-I-I Cup. Okay, I will totally go there. I'm and, actually up there a lot. Okay, and in the summer, you've have you seen the Kona Ice Truck? Yes, I love the Kona Ice Truck. It's That's nice. But this is just, it's different than the Kona Ice. It, yeah. It really, it's so good. But I will try the place. Say it one more time. T T I I Cup. Okay, thank you. I'm going to totally try that. Yeah. Awesome. love your show. Thanks, Liz. Have a good one. I love Liz. She was so energetic. I know. That is a good intel, though, that Taiwanese. Uh, I mean, like, I, the funny thing is I get so boba, you know, I get all in my boba, and then I don't ever think of ordering anything else. And boba is tea, right? Yeah, it's the tea with the pearls. You know what I mean? And so that's always where I go. But those, What are those pearls? They're made with um, soybean. Um, and I just, Liz, if you're still listening, I just want you to know it says Teacup Brooklyn Park is closed until the end of this month for renovation. Oh, okay. So it says from 1-3 to one thirty one for renovation, but it'll open in February. So just put that on your, put that on your, uh, forward looking list, I guess. Okay. Here's a question from Eleanor and she lived in Minneapolis four years ago and moved and she loves to go out to fun foodie places and she's coming for a girls' weekend at the Hewing Hotel the first weekend in February. She said, where should we eat for our big, nice dinner? In February? Yes. Well, I mean, they're going to the Hewing. You yes. could eat at the Hewing. <laughs> but if you want to go away from the Hewing, I mean, I guess I would say if you can get at Spoon and Stable, I would still go there. Okay. You know, um, because it's in your neighborhood and it's kind of walking and it's not, you know, you don't have to park twice then that I'd way. I'd go to P.S. Steak. Yeah, you could go to P.S. Steak, for sure. If she's looking for foodie, though, like super... I guess I'd book, if you can book up at Travail, too, you know, to have some of that experience. Not not the Nouvelle Brewing that we were talking about, but the actual Travail. Which they're doing, a, they said, a 20-course, like, Italian, Italian. with mm-hmm. lots of wine pairings. Yes. And they have some availability during the month of January, they said. So if you're interested, check that out. Yeah, but that might be a good one for February, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Um, uh, okay, we do have a question on the Twitter from Lee saying, what's a good big batch mocktail to make for an event? Something exciting and not just filled with tons of sugary juice. That's a good question. How many people does it say? No. Nope. Okay, because I think she should get the Summer Lakes beverage. Oh. Frozen Paloma mix oh. or the jalapeno margarita and add some soda water Maybe add some mint. Yeah. Float a few pieces of citrus in there. Okay. She could even like put it in a punch bowl and then everyone could add their own soda water to taste. Yeah. You know what's good is like to do that, to do that, um, or even just like a grapefruit juice. You know, if you don't want to have like, you could easily just buy grapefruit juice and then add your own like pamplemousse to it. Yeah. And then have a bar, you know, where you do like you have your jalapenos on the side. Yeah. You have like a salted rim you could make Stephanie's if you want it. always good for Love a good a bar. bar. Because She's I want you to excellent. customize because yeah. I also want to customize. Like I want it the way I want it. So I want to give you the opportunity as well. I like it. Also, like uh, there's this product that I've been using a lot called Dry Bubbly. Yeah. And it's a it's a soda water, but it's more botanical. Mm-hmm. And mixing that with like the Sweet Haven tonic or mixing that with like Mixly, Muddle and Mint is another one. Yeah. All of these, I did a big feature on Dry January and all these are in there if you're looking for ideas. Sweet Haven tonic is good because it's not based in juice, really. Yeah. It's just delicious. Well, that's good. I yeah. like that. Okay. We do have another uh sue is on the line hi sue 
Are you there, Sue? Yeah. He's got a teacup sure. question. You know, it's so funny. Hi, ladies. Hi. Um, love your show. Thanks. Okay, I know where another teacup is, which led me to a question I've had. Oh, okay. Um, and it's that spelling, so I think it would be the same place. I it's bet. It's right across from where Old Mexico was on uh, Lexington. And Larpenter? Yes, yes. Okay. Which the reason, I, I mean, I... I know you're past the teacup discussion, but I was then wondering if you have any idea what they're doing to the old Mexico space. It looks like, by the way, it looks like there's six locations in the Twin Cities oh, for teacup. Okay. Yeah, there's Brooklyn Park, Burnsville, Richfield, Roseville, West St. Paul, and Woodbury. Wow. So it looks like mainly east side stuff, but yeah, yeah that's interesting. They're super nice at the teacup. Oh, that's in so great. Okay. Yeah. No, we have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you look for those little signs coming soon. Yeah, uh, but it looks like it's going to be an expansion. And you can order online. I think we should support them. Yeah, (laughs) follow them on Instagram at my T I I Cup. It's all good. Yeah, no, I'm wondering, like with Old Mexico, you know how sometimes spaces will say coming soon, and I'm just wondering what's coming to the Old Mexico. Yeah, no, I don't know. We'll find out for you though. Thanks for calling, Sue. 